2: Hey, this is Derek Halpern from Social Triggers. Hey, this is Omar Zenom from The $100 MBA Show.
1: Hey, this is Chris Ducker, author of Rise of the Youpreneur.
3: And in this episode with Travis Chapel, I'm going to share some unconventional ways to network with people. If you want to get the rundown on how I built my inner circle. And if you want to learn to be the best
2: entrepreneur you can be. So listen in and get a pen and paper ready. You should listen to the Build Your Network podcast for the Build Your Network podcast podcast with my good friend Travis Chappell Travis Chappell
0: welcome back to the show I believe that who you know is more important than what you know if you agree then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way if you disagree then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey my name is Travis Chappell and this is the build your network podcast Honestly, I know that this wasn't intending to talk about networking when we started talking about books, but I think it brings up a really good point in the fact that like when you're talking about gaining knowledge and stuff, it gives you more things to connect with people on, more topics to know about, more ways to be able to actually have carry a conversation with a random stranger that you met. If you're constantly filling your brain with content and more wisdom from
3: you know the books that you're reading, I think that's yeah, it gives you something to talk about. I right. mean, me, I've never seen a sports game in my life. I hate sports, so when I go hang out <laughs> Wait, with a you bunch hate of sports? dudes and all they're doing is talking about because it's boring Ugh. <laughs> and then it's like, know what I hate more than sports when I watch other dudes wear other dudes' jerseys. <laughs> there's just something wrong about that to me. Oh, man. So I hate sports. I need books. That's why I read, because if I go hang out with a bunch of people, I got nothing to talk about other than books or my business. Yeah. And then sometimes let's go back to networking, though. When we're talking about value, right? If you're trying to network with someone on a professional level, it's always good to bring a skill to the table. That way, people know how to recommend you, know how to remember you and know how to talk about you. Yeah. It's also good because they know how to use you when the time is right. But that Another different type of value you can bring to the table, which a lot of people don't talk about, is the fact that you can just be fun to hang out with. Yeah. Just be a I person. Go a business, yeah. How many times I've made like, very good friends by not leading with value but instead just by having a good time and not asking for anything from anyone? Yeah,
0: of course. Of course. that's
3: the- And if you go to enough events and you just have a good time at all the events and you never ask for anything – Everyone is like, yo, that person doesn't need anything. He's fun to hang out with.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's why I preface this conversation by saying like – I think that the word networking makes people think that it's this whole, like, I got to go to this event and close some business or it's not worth my money. But that's why I wanted to preface this whole, like who, you know, thing with it's building relationships, but without the expectation of getting anything in return, it's just building relationships for the sake of building relationships and having friendships and being normal and being an actual person with people. But that kind of stuff will ultimately lead to creating more value in other people's lives and will ultimately
3: lead to getting more business anyway. Right, I like to tell a good story. I like to entertain people. I like to be a little bit more um, interesting. And one of the be- most important, the second most important thing of networking, is being able to have something to talk about. Right? Hmm. Most people they go there and they don't have anything to say. And we actually had a beta tested a social skills course earlier this year, and that was the number one problem people had. They're like, Yo, when I meet someone, what do I tell them? Hmm. Like, what do I talk about? Like do I just go up there and start pitching my services? The answer is no. <laughs> you got to have a couple of stories you can tell that are entertaining. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, right. And what I tell people when they
0: ask me that is, well, don't talk about yourself then. Just ask them questions about them. Would you agree with that or do you like to no. uh, come prepared that's with a, your own? that's
3: some Dale Carnegie stuff and you know what? He's right. If you don't have anything to say, you're better off letting them talk about themselves. But the problem with being the person that always asks questions, there's two things that's wrong with it. Thing one. It's like you're interrogating people. Hmm. That's the first thing. The second thing is you're not giving people anything to remember you by. Good Uh, conversation is not one way of you asking someone else questions. A good conversation is about asking questions and also sharing personal anecdotes that could help make you build a connection with that person. Right, Make you memorable for them instead of just the other way around. This is why one of the things I always tell people, we do this, but uh, I believe every human on earth needs what I call a personal story bank and a personal story bank. All it is, it's actually in my Evernote. I start the title. It's actually in a thing called Bear now because I hate Evernote, but it's the title is PS for personal story and it'll be something short about something that happened Hmm. like I was at the coffee shop. This guy leaned over and asked me, what are you writing, a play? And I said, no, I'm working on my business. And then a few minutes later, he yells out, does anyone around here have a job? And it's just me, him, and the people who have a job working at the coffee shop. (laughs) Clearly, he was referring to me. Yeah. Uh, At that point, I had a decision to make. Do I tell him? That I'm running a multi-million dollar online business from a coffee shop in my sweatpants. No, it's not worth it. I don't need to brag. I don't have anything to prove. So anyway, this story that I just told you is something that's in my personal story bank. Hmm. And I would pull that up with like if we're having a conversation and someone brings up a story about how someone underestimated them. And I'll always be like, oh, I love being underestimated because it always makes people look so stupid. This just happened to me recently. Yeah. And I'll tell the story. Yeah. So, uh, everyone has stories in their story bank that they can share, and it's rehearsed. Like, even when I said everyone had a job, like, everyone, no, no one except the people in the coffee shop who had a job at the coffee shop, you laughed. Yeah. I knew you were going to laugh there because I've told this story probably a thousand times, and everyone always laughs
0: there. Yeah, and you give a break to allow them to laugh there. Yes. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need a hire, you need Indeed. Interesting. How many of these do you have?
3: Probably hundreds. Really? I got a story for everything. I even got stories that, let me give you another example. This, I don't know how I'm ever going to bring this up in conversation other than to show <laughs> you the type of stuff I write down. Yeah. I have a friend, she's a teacher. In an elementary school. It's an inner city elementary school. One of the children isn't doing so well. So they have parent teacher conferences. The child comes in with his dad. They come in to talk to the teacher. The teacher's trying to explain that the child's underperforming and he needs to get better, da 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 da. And then the dad just point blank looks at him, looks at her, and says, Look, he told me he can't concentrate in class because your boobs are too big. And I agree. <laughs>
0: I like, know. I don't know
3: how I have, I'm ever going to tell that, you story. Know how
0: that you're going to work that into conversation, except for a conversation how. about how storytelling is important like this one.
3: Yeah, I don't know how I'm ever going to work that. But this is a real story that happened to my friend who's a teacher. She told me the story and it's like so ridiculous. I was like, I'm writing that down.
0: <laughs> well, it's a perfect way to do it is when you're telling people how important stories are and then you pull out this random one. Like, I have this story where this happened.
3: Yes. Yeah, so I'm always putting down stuff in the store in the story bank. And it's something that I've been doing for years, right? So sometimes I delete them out if there's uninteresting ones. But most people who do it, I always tell them to commit to putting one story in the story bank every day. Make it an observation. Make it a conversation you overhear. Make it an interaction you have with the coffee shop person. Make it anything. Maybe make it something that randomly pops into your head that happened a few years ago. The goal is to always – put stuff in this story bank one story a day and keep to that habit for years
0: that's why I think so many people are uncomfortable with networking because they think it's different than just building friendships and it's not, yeah. it's the same, it's the same thing. Omar, I don't think you and I talked about really anything in
2: Australia besides basketball <laughs> or yeah. like something. And I was like, going like, to say, like I would say Travis is my friend. I wouldn't say Travis is part of my network, right? You know, like, right, or Jordan like, or he's just or the people guy, that were yeah, with exactly, us. Exactly.
0: That I can yeah, point like, at, at people when they need this certain thing, you know, it's like, Hey, let's chat about, you know, playing against Allen Iverson when you were playing at Rutgers and stuff like that. Like that's what friends actually talk about. They connect on certain things in life. And it's not always just about, you know, like I was out of my league at at those dinner tables, as far as business goes. Like I could have sat there and asked you and Jordan and John Lee Dumas and Michael O'Neill. I could have sat there and asked you guys questions all night and had six notebooks full of notes on stuff that I needed to work on for my business. But instead it just, created friendships which yeah but that's a good
2: example because like when we sat down and we were having dinners together or lunches together and you know i got to know you as a person and we started to just kind of have some banter i mean even if by the second day third day you started to ask me any kind of business questions first of all like i would never turn anybody around like away or say like leave me alone whatever right right. i would happy to answer anybody's questions but i'd be more eager to help a friend out because we're friends now like oh travis like no 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 like don't worry about these haters i'll help you out with this situation right like if you came to me and said hey man how do you do with this situation or like i'm just curious you know and you're right it's a balance but like i would see it from the perspective is that people are more likely to want to help their friends out versus somebody they don't know yet right right exactly
0: that's so so important and that's why i like that you brought up that distinction because i don't think that that should be a distinction between networking and building friendships and relationships i think that it's all one thing that goes in the same category. And I think a lot of people will separate their friendships from their business friendships. And I don't think it's Mm. about that. I think it's just creating genuine connections and relationships with people in general. And then do you think it has something to do with how people think as far as like short term versus long term, because I, I think it just has so much to do with the fact that if it was me just trying to think about what ROI can I see on this relationship in the next mm-hmm. week and a half, then obviously when we sat down, I would have asked you a ton of questions about business. But instead, I'm thinking like, hey, this seems like a really cool guy to get to know. Oh, We play basketball. That's something we have in common. Like, Let's talk about mm-hmm. like it's an actual friendship. Do you think that that has a lot to do with it, the mindset of short term versus long term?
2: It could be. But I think that if you are somebody who really has an ROI mindset, you would have, you know, the foresight to say, if I want to get an ROI, I should get to know this person first. I should Mm -hmm. really, if I want to get the best out of this person, even if you're being that calculated, you know, like I'm not saying that I don't want to taint people from trying to feel like they want to be people's friends before they want to ask for advice or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But I want to say, like, if you're smart enough to realize that, hey, you know, no one wants to help a stranger out or somebody who's bothering them with all these questions at a conference, because, I'm sure a lot of the speakers at these conferences get tons of questions as soon as they get off stage or before they get on stage and things like that. I want to just mention one quick thing, an example. Before I became somebody who was even asked to be on stage or be a speaker at a conference or anything like that, I went to conferences myself and I would go and look at the speakers and I would you know, try to get to know them or whatever. And one of the things I love to do is just watch the speakers at these conferences from afar I wouldn't approach them I wouldn't ask them you know can I have a selfie or anything like that I Mm. would just try to figure out how they deal with that situation how do they talk to people that just bum rush the stage or talk to them after the conference or whatever and I remember one conference I saw Chris Brogan you know like the whole time he's at the conference somebody's coming up trying to shake his hand somebody's trying to talk like like a rock star like it was just too much right but the guy was such a gentle person with everybody and he was just so kind to people and genuinely interested in him. And I was just like fascinated the way he was handling that with such grace. And I didn't ask him directly, but what I started to realize when I was watching him was this guy is, is smart. He's quite intelligent because he realizes that these people that are coming up to him that are that want to take a picture with him, that want to ask him questions, that want to seek advice from him. These are the people that made his brand. This is why he exists. You know, like these right. people read his blog posts, they watch, you know, his videos, they listen to his podcast, they buy his products, they come to the conference because of him. So like he's smart enough to realize, you know, These are the people I need to serve and to treat well, because they're the reason why I exist or have a business in the first place. Right. And to me, that was such a great learning experience. And I never forgot it. And if I ever get the privilege in the future to be in in that setting where I'm being asked questions or people are coming to me or, you know, asking me to give them advice, that's kind of my mindset. Like, you know, like I should be thankful that people actually want to hear me or talk to me or whatever, you know, like it's not, you know, I'm not some sort of prima donna here, you know. Right.
0: Right. So looking back over the last four or five years of being in business and having the $100 MBA show and then starting up Webinar Ninja and all these different things, is there a story you could tell us about a time when a connection that you made led to some sort of moment of
2: success for you down the road? That's a good question. Let me think about that. When I was starting the $100 MBA, I was on a lot of blogs, a lot of communities. Uh, One of the blogs that I was on was called Think Traffic. It's now called Fizzle. And I met a guy named John Corcoran, who was a part of that community at Fizzle. And we just, we were kind of the same place where we were in terms of where we were in entrepreneurship, kind of like where we're at or in our stage. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of became friends and talked. And I mean, people who know John Corcoran, he's like the ultimate person with the ultimate network. Like he knows yeah. everybody. He introduces everybody to everybody. Yeah, he's you know? a really cool, and, really cool guy. Yes. Awesome guy. And One time he got me, he sent an email out to just a whole bunch of people he knows is, hey, if anybody's interested in learning about public speaking, you should definitely check out Creative Live is doing a public speaking thing with Michael Port. He's giving a two day workshop. And if you want to be an audience member, you can sign up here. It's free, but obviously you'd have to pay your expenses to get there and all that stuff. So Nicole and I are like, oh, cool. This is cool. Thanks, John, for the heads up. And I applied and then we went to the workshop for two days and I got a chance to Get to know Michael Port, who's a New York Times bestseller and somebody who runs a great program called Heroic Public Speaking. Best public speaker and best public speaker trainer I've ever seen. Him and his partner, Amy, are fantastic. Hmm. And I got to know him a little bit. I got a little bit of training from him, but then led me down this path where I started to learn how to become a better public speaker. On top of that, I started to become very close friends with Michael. Like, I got to have dinner with him, similar to what you did. You know, you had dinner with us at, at a conference, and, and I got to know him. We exchanged numbers. Like A couple months later, he was in Los Angeles, so I met up with him along with his business partner, Matthew Kimberly. We had dinner then, and we just started to have a relationship where, like to me, he was just like this way ahead of me in business. This guy had like multiple bestsellers, Wall Street Journal bestsellers you know, like I just felt like at the time I was just trying to make things happen, you know, and right. yeah. he just didn't treat me that way. He treated me as like a friend, as somebody who he just enjoys his company. And now Michael's like one of my closest friends. He's part of my mastermind. And we talk frequently. And like, you know, I just was part of his event last year. And it was incredible how our relationship kind of built. And it's all because, you know, I got to know John and I was a part of this forum and a part of this group and fizzle. And And it's just like, you just got to be open and just say yes to certain opportunities when they're presented sometimes. And, you know, you can call it luck. You can call it circumstances or whatever it is. But I think if you don't make an effort to be friends with people and to grow your network, then those opportunities will never be there.
0: Right, right. Exactly. So that being said, with especially that important of a relationship for you and your business and stuff like that, why do you think that so many people don't prioritize building relationships with people?
2: It's some people, it's not it's not comfortable for them. You know, my parents are Egyptian. You know, my parents migrated from Egypt to the U.S. in the 60s. If anybody knows anything about any about Egypt or Egyptians, they're very social people. They love to joke around. They're very mm-hmm. kind of gregarious yeah. bunch. So it just comes naturally from the way I was raised. Like, I want to get to know your story. I want to know who you are. What brings you here? That kind of thing. And just naturally, I want to be a conversationalist and, and learn more. But some people don't have that, and that's not bad or good. So they're kind of an introvert, and they don't really feel that it comes easy. So therefore, they tend to not do it, and therefore, maybe they kind of rationalize it by saying it's not important. Yeah. So what I say to that is that it's never been easier for introverts now with the Internet. You know, with being online, everything – You can network with people online with a lot of ease, whether it's Twitter or forums or Facebook or whatever it is or groups or whatever you choose to have. It's really easy now to do from the comfort of your home in front of a screen. And it's a great primer. I mean, there's nothing like real life. There's nothing like meeting someone in real life. But there's so many people I've built relationships online with Hmm. and then met them at a conference or met them in person or they're coming to my city and I invited them for dinner. And it's like, you quickly build that rapport because you already know each other, but it's a little bit uncomfortable for the first few minutes because it's the real thing, yeah. but, but they, it's they didn't match it's up great. with their profile picture or something like no, that? No, no, no. <laughs> so because it's like, wow, it's like surreal kind of situation. Yeah, right, but, right, right, But it's definitely a, you know, a skill I would highly recommend anybody cultivating. Not only that, but it encourages you to also be a better communicator and it gives you a chance to get a lot of practice under your belt with talking about what you do as an entrepreneur or your business or your podcast or whatever it is. A lot of us, we don't get a lot of practice doing that. We surround ourselves with people that are family and friends that really don't understand what you're doing or really work is something we don't talk about. We right. just talk about yeah. You know, life. So, so true, yeah. it's a good chance, you know, going to these conferences is a good chance to perfect your, your elevator speech. I'm doing air quotes right now, but, yeah. you know, but it's also just a good chance for you to feel comfortable talking about what you do. A lot of people either downplay, they say, oh, I have this thing, e-commerce store, blah, blah, blah. And they don't really know how to just say things with confidence. And it's important to do that because you should be proud of what you built. So you say you should
0: definitely be working on this skill. How how do we work on that? Give us one practical, actionable tip that we could take into the next event that we're at, or the next time somebody asks what we do. What's a good tip that you would give to somebody on networking in general? How to build relationships the right way?
2: Well, the first thing I would say is that if you know one person, even just one person in your network, just one person that does what you do, or somebody like a John Corcoran, like a, I did in Fizzle, right? If you just know one person ask them, hey, do you want to go to a conference together? Let's go to a conference together. I'm going to a conference on Friday called StarCon, and I got invited with a friend of mine who runs Product Hunt in Sydney, and I was like, okay, great, let's go together. And it's great to go together. You have like a wingman or a wingwoman, right? And you get a chance to experience and meet people together. I can introduce my friend to other people, and he could do the same for me hmm. so I don't have to talk about myself. So that's a really good exercise It's to like team up with somebody you know, and say, hey, let's go to a conference together. Or let's join a forum together. Let's join a community together. How about we run a live event online together, and we invite people to come and speak, and we get to know them and talk to them. You know, Having a podcast, an interview podcast like yours, is a great way to network. It's an excuse to talk to people, and people love telling their stories. So yeah. it's a great way to build your network. And that's why I never regret building that first podcast, because I got to know so many great entrepreneurs that I still know today, and me, I just met some of them the other month were... And we just laughed about those interviews and things like that. But it's a great way to meet people. So and again, you're doing it in the comfort of your home in front of your laptop. It's not that hard, but a buddy system is really helpful. Yeah, that's such a fantastic tip, too. I
0: I like some of those ones that are maybe... That's why I ask more for practicality instead of philosophically, because I have a lot of guests talk about the philosophy behind it, which is totally fine. I think it starts there, but sometimes it's just good to get that practical thing that we can do the next time. So I think that's fantastic advice. And then it's so much easier to talk yourself up through somebody else <laughs> instead yeah. of yeah. you sitting there like, you know, it, it just seems awkward to just stand there and brag about yourself for a second
2: And there's the second some people that are really great at it. <laughs> yeah. You should definitely try to get Clay A. Bear on the show. Actually, I'll, I'll do an email introduction if you'd like. Yeah. But Clay A. Bear is he's a great guy. He's a crowdfunding expert. And he's one of those guys that does a great job introducing you to other people. Hmm. So I used to make jokes whenever I see him at a conference or at a meetup or something. I'm like, I just like hang around with Clay. Clay, introduce me. Go ahead, <laughs> do it. Like, he's just really good at telling the story. And, like, you know, I was really amazed by Omar. It's like, yeah that's me. You know? <laughs> yeah. no, I was just joking, obviously. But, right, right. but, but uh, some people are great ed- at it.
0: Ed- yeah. Edification is a really powerful, powerful tool, uh, especially when you're, it helps create a positive first impression, which, you know, first yeah. impressions are huge. So, Yeah.
2: But, but The reason why I share that is that if you don't feel comfortable talking about yourself, be that expert, that person, that clay bear, that goes and introduces people really well, you know, and that's something that you can become a really great networker or somebody who brings people together by being uh, praiseworthy.
0: So if it's so important, this topic, if building relationships and building real friendships is so important, Chris, why do you think that so
1: many people neglect to do it? I think, you know, A lot of people have their head in the sand, you know, a lot of people, I think, don't they don't understand the importance of it and they need a situation to come along Hmm. for them to understand it and appreciate it. And sometimes, you know, that will come your way in obviously many different kind of avenues. But I don't know, I think a lot of people until they actually experience it. They, I think they don't think it's as important as it really is. But once right. you do experience it, even just once, you realize that it really is. Yeah, <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Exactly. So I think it's probably a combination of just not knowing, just not experiencing, and maybe a little bit of, yeah, maybe a little arrogance. Yeah. Let's call it that. You know, I don't need the help. I'm mm. good. I've got everything covered. No, right. you don't. You definitely need (laughs) the help, you
0: know? Right, exactly. Well, it it just goes back to the whole time thing. Like, yeah, you know, you could probably figure it out, but it might take you two years. It might take you three years. Whereas you could just go talk to somebody that knows what they're doing and you can get it done in six months or three months. And just like you were saying with the example of the home decorator, you searched hours online and then within 20 minutes, this other lady like gives you the exact thing that you need and you get the the lights ordered. You know, it's just so many people. I think, like you said, I think that that was a really powerful insight that you brought out, which. Is that they've never seen it happen. So they don't realize the power of it because they've never really done it. So they don't double down on it because they don't know that it's really powerful. Once you see it happen once, it's just kind of it's almost kind of addicting. You know, you're like, oh man, that was that was awesome. I could have gone through so many mistakes and lost so much money, lost so much time if I would have tried mm-hmm. to do that by myself. And it's just becomes so powerful once you realize how much it can, you know, benefit you in that short period of time. So going forward from this conversation, Chris, I know a lot of people don't like the word networking. Can you tell me your thoughts on that? And if you do like it, why? If you don't like it, why not?
1: I don't have a problem with it, to be honest with you. I think it's how you personally perceive it. Like you say, a lot of people, not all the people. I personally don't have a big issue with it. At all. Yeah. When I go to a drinks reception or to a dinner party or a coffee meeting or a conference, I know that I'm going to meet people that I've never met before. Some of them I'm going to gel with. Some of them I'm never going to see or want to see again. And so I guess if that's what you call networking, then I network. (laughs) Yeah, I I guess that'd be the question
0: then. Do you think that networking is different from building friendships?
1: Oh, without a doubt. Yes, absolutely. I mean, networking is exactly what I've just said it is building friendships and real true relationships. That's what happens after the networking. I mean, like if you think back to every single or if you think of every single person that you You know, like the way you were talking about John just a minute ago, like everyone that's important in your life for whatever reason, you had a first interaction with them at some point. And let's get deep for a minute. I saw this on a tweet the other day and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so true. And at the exact same time, so sad. And the tweet read, random thought. At some point, you went outside to play with your friends for the last time. Oh, Hmm. brutal yeah like if you think of it like they're like brutal yeah oh my gosh i want to be a kid again i want to go outside and play again right, <laughs> right, right. but it's just, if you reverse engineer it back every single relationship started with some sort of initial interaction whether it be you know digitally or quote-unquote in real life so i right. think yes networking and relationship building completely different completely different relationship building to, is that next level it's going from meeting at the drinks reception and maybe swapping business cards if you're trapped in 2010 right. or possibly just, you know, dropping yeah. each other's tweets or whatever real quick, right? I haven't given out a business cards since 2014 now. Yeah. People still ask me, have you got your card? No, I, I'm, yeah. it's a thousand, <laughs> you know, no. So no, no, no. I really believe that relationships are exactly what happens over a period of time. You know, After, you look at what happened yeah. with your loved one, with your partner. I mean, you met him or her at some point for the very first time. Right. Right. And then you took it to the next level, you know. Right.
0: Right. I think that it's really important to define that because I think people network without thinking about the long term relationship and it prohibits them from doing it the right way? Meaning that they're thinking of networking in a different category too much to where they're not even thinking about the potential for a long term relationship. They're only thinking about a short term transactional relationship that's going to make them money tomorrow. How do you go about the balance of like, look, I'm networking to create a long term relationship. Like I'm networking, meaning that I'm going to go meet a bunch of people, but I don't want to just like meet somebody and ask for business tomorrow when I get home and, you know, shoot them an email. How do you balance that?
1: Well, be intentional about what you want to do, but also at the very same, you know, stroke of that brush, understand that nobody likes anybody that's pushy. Like we love, as human beings, we love to buy. We love to buy, buy Mm -hmm. people, buy products, buy holidays, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But we despise buys being sold to. Mm-hmm. We don't like being sold. I mean, you and I know that. Yeah. <laughs> from past oh, for experience, sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. So they don't like to be sold to, but they're happy to buy. Right. So think of that and keep that at the forefront of your mind. And when you are building that relationship, if somebody is a potential customer of yours, for example, whatever industry you're in, is selling your product to them today or tomorrow that important to you? Nine times out of 10, if you're comfortable waiting that initial transaction is going to be so much more pleasant for both of you. And it will more likely to lead to multiple transactions rather than trying to push it down their throat. I think a lot of people have that. They have a bit of a warped idea in terms of relationship building and and what it truly means. Like for me, and I talk about this actually in Rise of the Youpreneur, I I talk about the importance of understanding you should be treasuring relationships, not using them. Mm -hmm. And too many people are doing that, particularly in the online business space where they want your email list. Right. Can you email? Can you email? Can I come on your show? Can I, you know, they all want access to the people that you have worked your butt off to create and congregate around yourself because of your brilliance. They want a quick start hop Mm -hmm. up that ladder and to get in front of your audience. And, you know, honestly, I can smell those people a gazillion miles away. (laughs) And obviously, I turn around and walk in the opposite direction. So I think that the longevity and understanding that, you know, you you build relationships for the right reasons and you treasure them, that will sincerely pay its dividends over and over and over again, rather than trying to force it and and, and make it happen too fast.
0: Yeah. So to be clear, you don't like when people try to do that?
1: I'm not a big fan of it. Put yeah, it that way. Yeah, that's, another that's, one that I get almost—I <laughs> get this almost weekly. It's you know I'm holding a virtual summit. Oh yes. I'd love for you to be one of our expert speakers. The only thing I ask for you to do to be part of this fantastic summit is to email your email list. Oh, and you must have at least ten thousand people on your email. I'm like, are you high right now? <laughs> like, are you actually on some sort of pharmaceuticals? Right? Like, are you high right now? Ask <laughs> You're out of the blue. Just yeah. email him. We've never interacted before. No, it's a no from me. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's so funny. People, that's exactly what this show is for, Chris, is just to, to try to really just pound, It seems like common sense. It really does. But I will admit that when I first started, I think a lot of salespeople, and maybe you were the same way. I think a lot of salespeople struggle with the whole long-term relationship thing because you typically are are somewhat naturally skilled or are talented at getting people to say yes. You know, pretty soon. So mm-hmm. uh, you, when when I first started really trying to do this kind of thing, I was the annoying person that nobody wanted to talk to. But I realized very 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 quickly, like I'm a pretty fast learner. I realized very quickly that that was not going to be the way to establish long-term success. You might have some short-term because obviously it's a numbers game. You know, you talk to enough people, you're going to get enough people to say yes, and you'll make some money. Yay, good for you. But what happens when that income goes away and now you got to do it all over again? You've already burnt Mm. through all your relationship that that you had and nobody wants to talk to you anymore because you're just the guy that pitches them at every single chance that you have. And so I don't know, did you go through the same thing at all? I don't know. I feel like people that are naturally good at sales are really not naturally good at networking and kind of vice versa.
1: Would you agree with that or no? I would agree and not agree, if I may, your honor. I (laughs) Of course. yeah. I, no. I will agree with it because you're 100% right. People that are naturally gifted in quote unquote persuasion, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to call it that, I think do have an issue with waiting in general, yeah. just being patient mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. But then I'll disagree with it because there's certain situations where you do need a quick yes, or you do need a quick confirmation. And I mean, particularly in the sales world, depending on what you're selling, mm-hmm. I mean, my first ever sales job. I was on the phone selling classified ad space to people that were that were wanting to advertise. in it was auto trader. You've probably got it over in the yeah. US or mm-hmm. Well, you yeah. had it at one point anyway. So, you know, the idea of selling your motorbike or your boat or your car or your van or whatever it was. So when you call these people, and quite frankly, my sales training was, here's a copy of the yellow pages. Start at the front. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like literally, that's yeah. what my first ever sales quote unquote mentor said to me. Right. Yeah. You know, I did. I started at the front and I worked my way back. Through to the end of the book over a course of months and months, and I became good at getting quick yeses because, Mm -hmm. in that situation, we needed quick yeses. Mm -hmm. There was an edition going out every week, it had to be filled. We needed a quick yes. But also at the exact same time, I was creating a list of callbacks for myself as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, I've got a car, I'm not ready to sell it yet, but call me in six weeks from now and I will be able to. Okay, right. brilliant. We'd call that person back. So, a yet, you know, a no today never meant a no tomorrow to me and it still doesn't. Correct. Right. It just says to me I'm not ready yet. But there are situations every now and when you do need a quick yes and there's situations where you might not be in those situations very often. And when they come your way, you know, you've got to strike while the iron is hot. So that's the answer to that question. I hope it makes a little bit of sense.
0: Oh, totally. No, totally agree. I think that we really just got to look at the situation and determine what's best for that in that situation. And so I think a good typical rule of thumb for me that I found is I try to keep my sales separate from like connecting with influential people, if that makes sense. So I'm never going like, so currently I own a water treatment company. We sell like home water machines and stuff like that. So when I get on a call with somebody on my podcast, I'm not going to be like, oh, by the way, can you buy one of our water machines? You know. But if I'm talking to a customer face-to-face in person, I'm going through demonstration, then yes, I want the yes right now. And we're not going to wait for another week or so. I think, yeah, exactly. Exactly what you were saying. So much great insight there. Just really got to gauge the situation and take it case by case. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. You hear my guests and I talk a lot about masterminds on the show because they're literally what I attribute most of the new quality relationships in my life to. If this is something that you are interested in at all, then hit me up and let's chat to see if you'd be a good fit for my mastermind, Build Your Network Dynasty. Just head over to buildyournetwork.co slash dynasty to fill out an application and we'll talk soon. Have a fantastic rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it.
1: This is the story of the
0: one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently